Welcome back, everybody. Uh, I hope you're having a great uh, last week of October, although you may be watching this in November or whenever later, and all of it doesn't matter. But welcome, welcome, welcome to the love of acting. I have a chance to speak to an exciting, young, and up-and-coming actress, Madison Schmoon. And uh, I wanted to ask her, hello, hello. I wanted to ask her <laughs> some different questions about how her career has been going. It's, it's just starting out. She just landed some great guest stars. She just has uh, some stuff in post-prod and COVID. Wow. Uh, so we want to talk about that. Welcome to the show, Madison. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's, it's my pleasure. And thanks for jumping on. Uh, when I'm looking at your name, the first thought that comes to mind is the chords and the song that they have, you know, Shaboom Shaboom. You know, like, oh. <laughs> so that's the first thing that comes to mind. I'm going to see if I can edit this properly and, you know, layer the song. In, in the <laughs> that would be great. I love that song. It's on my playlist. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I love it. What else do you Maybe maybe our uh, you know musical tastes align. I I really love I love the Franks. So I love Frank Sinatra. I love Frank Ocean. I of course love like Beyonce, but I love the Beach Boys. I'm kind of all over the place. I have a range from like rock and classical music to Enya and pop and and rock and roll. So I'm all over. That's awesome, and you're an old soul. That's that's great. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> I same same with me. Again, I'm older than you are, but same with me. Uh, I I kind of always gravitated to the music that was uh, of the past. And yeah. growing up on musicals, I love big band and you know the whole kind of era. Uh, you know, uh, Bing Crosby, Nat King yeah. Cole. Oh, you know, that's, Nat King Cole. That's kind of my <laughs> go-to place. And the the part that um, I loved, and you know, I see the same thing in you, is I have a 16-year-old daughter, and you know, she picked something up from me because she uh, also, without you know, my uh, edging, she kind of just gravitates towards the the music that's uh, that's from the past. So I, I don't know. That. I don't know if it's, a, if it's a generational thing, but I love it. I think it's great. Yeah, well, that's kind of the stuff my parents would play, like while we're cooking or, you know, doing long drives, they would play that older stuff. So I guess it's what I'm used to. Maybe the same thing goes for your daughter, what she's used to hearing around the house. Could be. Uh, I remember as a kid, you know, Boney M, uh, I, I literally have kind of memories. I was a child. I have an older brother. He's 13 years older. And mm -hmm. um, he was playing Boney M and he was playing ABBA and he was playing all of those. And yeah. kind of my memory bank since I was a baby. So yeah, I love that Abba. That's great. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh my God, I love those uh, I I love movies. I want more. Yeah. Same. I, you and me both. <laughs> they they recently asked Lily James, you know, do you want to be a part of uh, uh, of you know the third one or right. it's just like third, fourth, fifth, sixth. I just, I want to do that. Forever and ever, right? Yeah. You can't say no to that. It's a great, great cast, great music, great everything. And uh, did you see the second one? I I'm did. Sure. I loved it. It was so good. Wasn't it, again, I love the first one, but the second yeah. one just just grabs your heart and grabs your soul. Mm -hmm. I don't know how many times you cried. I It was at least three times for me during that movie. Oh I love that, but I mean, they brought in Cher. It was just so, so fantastical and just like a bit bigger than the last one, but still had all the like key core heartstring stuff from the first one. It was good. It was great. So, all right. So you grew up and uh, you have an old soul for old music and these types of movies. I love that. 
And um, I know again, you you went uh, you went through schooling. You just yeah. started uh, your career recently. Uh, you got on Blackish. You got on Disney. You got on Black uh, AF. Uh, you started doing some stuff. So, uh, what was kind of the not the impetus, but what was the transition from going from college into an acting career? How did that work out for you? <laughs> and then we'll get to COVID in a minute. Yeah. Um, it's a big transition. I mean, you're in school like every day, all day, and then in rehearsals at night from 6 to 11 p.m. and then back up again at 6 a.m. So the stuff that I was doing then, I look back and I'm like, how did I do that? How did I do 12-hour days at like 18 and doing studios with 40 other actors? Um, so it's a bit different schedule-wise, but I think once we did Showcase and we all kind of found our representation and started building our teams, um, it really felt like I had transitioned out of like school and into the real world. So that was kind of a big one, but it's exciting. It's very different. Yeah, and uh, I, I speak to a lot of actors and I don't want to name those schools because uh, I don't like what they're doing. So hopefully yours could be better in that way. But uh, <laughs> you know, I talked to a lot of actors who graduated from these you know named uh, places and yeah. you see all the time, it was great, but it really didn't prepare me for the real world of what an acting uh -huh. career was. No resume, no audition skills, no what is Mark? Uh, to down to the basic uh, points of, you know, how do you need to be on camera? Uh, all of these things, like it just was not covered. It's not a part of the curriculum, which drives yeah. me. Uh, did you encounter the same or hopefully uh, for you it was better? I mean, yes and no. I think it de kind of depends on what program you were looking to go into because I was in a BA, not a BFA program. Um, so while we did have studios all day, every day and rehearsals, I also was able to have minors and study abroad and kind of do other things as well. Um, so I wasn't in acting 24-7, even though it felt like it. And I do think because I was in a theater program, I didn't get as much TV and film training as I would have liked. Um, but really what they did give me or what I got out of UCLA was a toolbox. I have a toolbox now of what helps me relax, what helps me warm up, how I can get my articulators going, dialects and accents, um, how to get into my body and feel grounded. And all of that does apply to TV and film stuff. But no, they didn't really teach you about resumes and whatnot. You kind of have to figure that out on your own. <laughs> I mean, you had a showcase, so the agents came to see you. You didn't have to go through the whole application process yeah. that you know, a lot of people have to, myself included, sending stuff out. So that helped. And then okay. after you got your agent and, uh, and your other representation team, did they go through and say, okay, you know, this is what you need to know in terms of going to auditions. This is what you need to look out for. Did they prep you or did you take any other workshops? I mean, I, I'm still taking privates with like some of my favorite coaches and mentors, and I really hope to continue that, and I, I expect to continue that because I only want to get better and, you know, stay warm and um, be at my best. But I would say the resume stuff, the headshot stuff is more like of a conversation with the team. I, I'm, I'm a little bit lucky. I've had a commercial agent and a couple other people on my team since I was around 13 or 14. So my format has kind of always stayed the same. I've updated a few things here and there, but, but nothing too crazy. I get you. And then in terms of, uh, you know, what was your first day on set like? Because, you know, you land, I think Blackish was the first one, right? Yeah. Um, then you're finally on set. You're you're an actress. You have a, I think it was a guest star. Was it a guest star or a co-star appearance? I think guest star. Yeah. Okay. So immediately, right? It's not a co-star. You're in a guest star spot on a big show with people yeah. who you're watching. 
what was that like in terms of just the initial reaction of being there? Yeah, I mean, I was kind of shocked, honestly, at how comfortable I was. And I think <laughs> I wasn't expecting to be. Of course, you have a little bit of like nervous energy going into anything like that. But I think once I got there and I saw the team of people, this family that's been working together for years and just how how much ease they brought to set, it put me at ease and made me feel really comfortable. So I feel really lucky in that way, too, because <laughs> that's not always the case on your first day of set. Right. And uh, any anything that you heard on set that kind of threw you? Because I remember for me, the first time on set, I heard speeding, right? And <laughs> in your mind, the, you, you're so used to uh, hearing and watching in movies that you have, you know, uh, you know, lights, camera, action, right? But yeah. that's not what you hear when you're actually on set. And yeah. you know, all the things, including speeding, that threw me. I was like, so was there anything on set that kind of threw you the first time you were on it? Not that first day. I will say um, when I did Sydney to the Max with Disney, multicam is just so different than sitcom, than, than anything else, truly. I think it's its own, it's like theater. It's kind of its own division of entertainment. So I, I feel like there were a couple things. I can't pick them out right now, but I'm sure I had a couple deer in the headlights, like, what? What did you just say? Moments. I, I imagine it has to have happened, yeah. <laughs> And uh, was it with a, a live audience or was it with a laugh track? What was it? So kind of kind of both and kind of neither. So we had people there that would laugh when instructed, but then they would leave from time to time and we would record them sometimes. It was like back and forth, in and out, um, but no laugh track. They were real humans laughing, just they weren't always there, which is interesting. Interesting, yeah. So yeah, in, different. Um, yeah, you really have to kind of, um, you have to get used to it, but. I, yeah. some actors, and uh, and I was surprised to hear because, uh, you know, like, Jenna wrote a book. Uh, yeah, so, from The Office, right? Yeah, uh, yeah Jenna, yeah. she wrote a book and she was saying, you know, I love multicam and it gives me an opportunity to have a regular schedule. There's no, you know, uh, yeah. hours and there's prep time and, you know, Monday yeah. through Thursday, whatever, there's normal rehearsal. And yeah. then we can shoot in front of a live studio audience. So it, it was a much better kind of a schedule for her. And then I talked to some other actors who hate it and they don't yeah. like their process. So did you like multi-cam? Uh, because you've done single cam as well. What yeah. was that? I thought it was so much fun. I mean, you know, I, I'm trained in theater. I come from the theater and I feel like multi-cam is the closest medium of TV to theater because there's so many people on set and you most likely have a live audience or people laughing. Um, you get to feed off of that energy and you get to rehearse, you get to do a table read every day. Um, but then there's the other part of it where you get a new script every day, like right before your scene, which doesn't really happen in theater. But I love it. I think it, it keeps me on my feet. It's fun. Yeah. And, uh, you know, did you get, was it the color coded as well as like you're getting your orange? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got blue, I think the first day and then the last day was pink and we had like yellow and green and stuff in between. <laughs> And from what I understand, again, doing kind of my background on you, you're very organized. You're very specific in terms of your process. And yeah. so getting all of these all of these scripts, did, you, did it kind of uh, drive you nuts is a better way of saying it, but did it, <laughs> did it play with your emotions of saying, come on, I just, you know, I'm, I'm good here. And now I have to yeah. cross things out. Did I panic? Um, I it Again, it definitely kept me on my toes. It's not something I'm used to or I was used to at the time, but it's kind of fun. It's like, can I memorize these 10 new lines in 30 minutes before I get there? Like, we're going to find out. 
it's fun. <laughs> uh, what do you find actually? So memorization. Um, I find different actors work differently, right? Sam yeah. uh, Sam Jackson can just look at something and he's done, right? That's 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 his. Uh, yeah, those photographic people. Yeah, I am not like that. Uh, yeah. I find that I get lines fairly quickly unless it's just very odd dialogue or if it's in a different language and that kind mm -hmm. of your brain have to have to fire. So I get them quickly. Uh, it's like with auditions, right? You know, give me give me 20 minutes, I'm good. But yeah. then ask me what the lines were, you know, two days from now. I don't have that because it kind of uh, it's short term memory and it's gone. Yeah. yeah. So how is your memory working? Yeah, I mean, I, I'd say the same. Um, once I do the work and I do that audition or callback, I let go of the lines because I got to make room for the new stuff coming in. Um, so my process has weirdly stayed the same since I was younger. I like to read the whole script front to back and then do the sides front to back. And that way I have like a general storyline in my head so I can like connect lines to different beats that are happening. And then I go in and I memorize each line seven times. Um, so that's kind of my lucky number. I think whenever I do it seven times or I do something seven times, it's, it's in my body, it's in my mind. Um, so that's what I do. I don't have a photographic memory. If I'm doing like, you know, cold reading, again, I gotta like take it out get the story in my head and then attribute each line to each beat. But yeah, it's not, it's not easy for me either. It's definitely a muscle I have to keep working. <laughs> well, uh, the seven times I find, I find intriguing. So do you do it seven times the same way or do you try differently and kind of, you have to do seven times one way and then seven times another way and then seven times oh, another way? Oh, interesting. I guess it depends. It depends on the density of the work. If, if it's a monologue, if I just have a one-liner, it kind of varies from thing to thing. Um, so if it's a monologue, I do each line seven times and then I go to the next line and incorporate that line and so on and so forth. Um, but yeah, it, it's different. It's different every audition. Yeah. So what's what's your approach aside from you know this is how you kind of uh, get to it and you read uh, you read the script if you have it you know sometimes you don't get the script you just get the sides yeah. <laughs> uh, you get the script you get the sides you memorize lines do you uh, start forming who the character is when you're memorizing lines do you do that after what's mm -hmm. what's your process? when I do that first initial read through of beginning to end. Um, that's usually when I can pick up who the character is. If it's something a bit more challenging, then I'll spend more time working on the character and less on the lines. But it's kind of like a give and take back and forth. And usually part of my process is always trying to figure out what which parts of me already live in the character and being able to go, oh, I can, I can put that aside. Like that's me, I, I know exactly what that is in her. And then the other stuff I really have to do a deep dive in, and look into and research and meditate on. You're mentioning all the things that I love, you know, which is you oh, know, <laughs> accepting the point of view that you're already there, uh, yeah. on it, you know, all of the things that that I use as a part of my process. So thank oh, you for that. Um, when when you encounter a part that doesn't feel like a part that you know within yourself uh, or part of the character, and you have to find it, um, what is your process of finding and then? not just finding, but really kind of embodying that character and feeling grounded and natural in it. Yeah, I think um, it kind of goes back to the toolbox thing. It's like, what can I whip out to figure this out? And if I don't have anything in my toolbox, if I'm if I'm really met with someone or some character that I, I just cannot figure out, 
Do I recognize them in other people that I know? Do I see them in other people that I've watched? Um, does this person already exist? Is this someone I've never ever encountered in my life? And then if that's the case, it's a lot of research. It's, are they a doctor? Oh, okay, how long were they in school? Oh, they dropped out of school. What does that mean? What does that look like for them? What was their family like life? It's, it's all of those circumstances, those given circumstances that you kind of have to either make up for yourself if you didn't get the script <laughs> um, and just improv that or, or use your toolbox and just meditate on it. I really like to sit on things overnight too. Like if I can have more than 24 hours to work on an audition, just letting it sit in my brain like while I sleep overnight usually helps me solve that problem. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So, because the you, we may get first feelings, but kind of the depth comes later. Yeah, uh, exactly. I get that. Um, yeah. In terms of the toolbox, and then we'll move off of the acting approach. <laughs> uh, in terms of the toolbox, because there are all sorts of different methods on how mm -hmm. you create a character, how you embody the character, um, how you you know interact with somebody in a scene. Is there a particular methodology that you find that's more you rather than the others in your toolbox? Oh, interesting. Um, it, it, it varies for each thing. I mean, for warming up, I really like Meisner and Fitzmorris, the tremoring and physically getting my body prepared. And then the repetition of repeating things back to myself. They really, those lines really stick in me when I do that. But I also, I think just generally speaking, I really like Uta Hagen's approach to things. It's a, it's just a list. It's a small little list, a step-by-step -step thing, the circumstances, the what happened the moment before. I find that is like kind of just like basic groundwork that you can apply to any character. Yeah. Um, the, <clears throat> the, again, going back on set for a second, just uh, sharing, I don't know if you had the same experience, but mm -hmm. uh, on set, so many things are moving, so many things are, are kind of in play. You're trying to remember your lines. You're trying to you know remember which spot you're supposed to be at. You know, yeah. is this a wide, is this close up, is this an over the shoulder, what are we doing? That it takes a while for you to realize that, why am I here? Who am I, what was the moment before <laughs> that I'm actually in the scene with? It's like all of the technical stuff you just have to, that's why this this short list uh, or the three questions, like one of my, yeah. uh, my good friends who is a wonderful actor, a Canadian actor, um, he has kind of his three, uh, three questions to ask right before you do the thing. Oh, so, cool. Like, what are they? Those, so, you know, uh, now I have to look it up, but I'm going to link the video. <laughs> but uh, from my recollection, it's, uh, and Suji Thvergis, by the way, it's his name. Oh. Uh, it's, you know, why are you here? Uh, oh. Who are you? And, you know, what are you trying to get out of it? Something something yeah. like that. Uh, so it's, it's the basics, but that remind you in all of the chaos of, Okay, good. Because the first time I was doing these scenes, it was more me trying to make sure that I don't forget the lines and I get them all yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah. You know, why am I here? What is my intention? What am I trying to get out? What, you know, am I even looking at the other person? It was like so in this. Yeah, here are my lines. Oh, great! I get them out. Ah, oh, great. And yeah, thing. it's it's overwhelming, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, I definitely, uh, That's. I guess that's something they actually did teach us at UCLA, kind of how to deal with distractions. Like if you were doing a scene and then a bunch of frat guys would run across this, you know, your your outdoor set on the grass and it's like, can you continue? Can you not be distracted? Did you forget your line? And just learning how to maneuver around that sort of stuff. That's good. I like that exercise. So that's, that's <laughs> a good thing to play with. 
Uh, I remember in an audition class, uh, one of the uh, you know casting directors, uh, who now is the is a teacher, uh, she would have us come into an audition, and uh, then she would have somebody knock on the door, and uh, Ooh, you know talks to it and kind of interrupts then, and you know how do you react to it? Or yeah. you would just you know pick up a phone in the middle of the audition and start talking, and and yeah. you're like, just keep going. Yeah. So, like, how do you deal with all these all these weird situations? And uh, I love that. It was great. Yeah, that's hilarious. That like that kind of reminds me of um, I don't know if you know uh, Alexander technique, the Ooh, kind of the moving around, just like getting your body warmed up in another way on the floor, sinking into the floor, sinking into your body. Um, it's different positions and stuff. But we would be lying on the ground with our eyes closed and doing dark breath and deep breath. And then it would be dead silent and someone would open a door. And it's like, are you the person who looks up and sits up and you're like, who is that? Or can you continue to just be in that space and be sinking and just be breathing? That's challenging. <laughs> it's very challenging. It is. And, uh, you know, for, for me uh, specifically, because I want to know who's there. I, I, yeah. I'm, I'm the curious one. Yeah. Me too. Me too. <laughs> So you mentioned uh, that you got a chance to travel and be abroad. I knew a little bit, so I knew that you've been to Paris. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, yeah. You've been to Paris. Uh, where else uh, did you go? So I was in France for four and a half months in Paris. And then um, we had, we only had school. I mean, I only had class Monday through Thursday. So I had a three-day weekend. So when I had the time and resources, um, I would go travel. So I went to Amsterdam, Ireland, England, Italy, um, a bunch of places. I think I went to Amsterdam and England multiple times because they were so close. It's easy to travel there. You can just hop on a plane for 10 euro or take a bus or a train or, you know, whatever. It's super, super convenient. Very cool. And uh, what was your favorite place uh, out of uh, all of your travels in Europe? Uh, I have to say Paris because I, I mean, I lived there for almost half a year. I have to say Paris. Um, definitely holds a special place in my heart. Very cool. Uh, did you get to visit Switzerland? You didn't mention it. No, I didn't get to go that far. It was really hard, honestly. I mean, we had like tests and excursions on the weekend that we would do um, with our instructors and mentors and they would take us to cafes and comedy clubs and stuff. So we were kind of busy and then we had two weeks off for holidays. So I was seeing family and stuff. It was it was trying to, tr I wanted to travel, but I had to like cram it in to like a, a very small period of time. I got you. Yeah. Um, when you get a chance, you know, when this whole thing, you know, clears up, knock on wood. Yeah, one day. Go, go to Switzerland. 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 I, I've been to Paris. Paris was my favorite place until I went to Switzerland. And then Switzerland kind of blew my mind because. Okay. Uh, have Good you to know. Seen, have you seen Cirque du Yes, I love Cirque du Soleil. So Cirque du Soleil, here's what I found. Please tell me if you had the same experience. When you're in Cirque du Soleil, because there are so many things happening at different levels all at the same time, your brain doesn't know where to focus. And you're focusing here, yeah. and you're focusing here, and you're focusing here, and all of it just kind of blows your mind. And um, Switzerland was the same way for me, right? We went to Geneva, and you're turning, and on one side there's this incredible, just gorgeous picturesque lake and then yeah. a little bit to the right and then there are these incredible mountains and then you go another way and then you see these kind of you know out of out of a book uh, like a storybook yeah literally you, you have all of these buildings and your mind just goes so that's, that's the Switzerland for me. 
Okay, it's it's going on my list now. I was going to do Greece next, but maybe I'll have to do Switzerland. Greece is great. Um, have you been? Cruises are great. Uh, this is what we do, uh, we did. And yeah. uh, that's kind of our thing of going to Europe and then taking a cruise. We did the same. Uh, we did a cruise with Greece, uh, with um, um, uh, Croatia. So Croatia. Greece, Croatia, and um, Montenegro, which was, uh, was nearby. <sighs> So that was that cruise. Then we did another one where it was uh, more Scandinavian countries. So we did Russia, uh, Sweden, um, Copenhagen, Berlin, and uh, Helsinki. So like that part. So it's, uh, you know, you know, traveling in Europe, it can be complicated with all the, you know, hotels and uh, languages. So we like to get on the ship. We we disembark. We go watch stuff, then we go back on the ship. Yeah, fast. Yeah, that's crazy. What was Sweden like? I have some friends in Sweden, and I've been meaning to go. Did you love it? Awesome. It was yeah. awesome. I I did not uh, expect uh, uh, Stockholm to be huge. I, yeah. I don't think it, I don't know what I expected. I, obviously, I didn't really have expectations other than yeah, you know, yeah. expectations that were associated with stereotypical look and uh, right. you know, of the people, which yeah. is uh, because you know, if you're expecting everybody to be tall and blonde, that's not Sweden anymore. Uh, there is that, and then you have everybody else. Exactly. Uh, but Stockholm was huge. It's yeah. just a big and beautiful city. I did not expect that. And, <sighs> Oh, I love it. I cannot wait to travel again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but Paris, Paris, Paris. Uh, uh, it'll always have a special place in my heart. Um, yeah, the food. Oh my God, the metro, the uh, the monuments, the galleries, the fashion, everything. The bridges and the bridges, uh, the countryside. Like when I went to Champagne, so nice. Oh my gosh, so nice. France is awesome. Um, speaking of it, and that's one of the reasons why I kind of uh, I immediately wrote down what I found out that you were in uh, in Paris is uh, my wife and I just you know finished binging Emily in Paris. Uh, did you see it yet? Of course, nostalgia. I, I heard um I heard mixed things about it because people you know my uh, my friends in France were kind of like it's a little bit stereotypical. We don't like that aspect of it, which of course like any country would feel that way. So understandable. Um, but everyone kept saying it's so bingeable, it's so like heartwarming, it's easy to have on in the background. So I watched the whole thing in one day. It was good. Okay. I binged that really fast. <laughs> um, two days because my wife started before me and then she told oh. me about it, I think, in the, in the evening of whatever day that was. And I, mm. I did the first three or four episodes immediately and then yeah. I came back. <laughs> so good. Oh, it's so good. She's great. Yes, uh, I think everybody. I just uh, uh, I love that they really went out of their way to make sure that it was as authentic. I yeah. know some things are stereotypical, but they wanted right. to be authentic. So I, yeah. you know, French actors that I know and actresses uh, are there. It was it was really sweet. Yeah, it it also really felt like Paris. Like I think they accomplished that really well. They didn't do a stereotypical like romanticization of Paris it just was Paris her just going downstairs to the patisserie and getting you know something the cafe being like one block from where she lives that's really what it's like when you're there everything is so close and convenient like that 
And did you find, uh, again, I'll tell you my Paris experience in a second, but did you find oh, that yeah. people were friendly or did you find that people were a little put offish? What was your experience in France? Uh, yeah, it's my, my experience may not be like the average experience just because I was in school. So I was with my French teachers who would kind of show us around and introduce us to people. So I felt like people were friendly to me, but I will say like, just here in America, if you run into a neighbor, you cross someone or pass them on the street, you smile at them. I noticed that on day one, no one smiles in France. Like that's just not something they, they think they have to do. So I would get onto the metro and like smile at someone and people would be like, what are you, why are you, what? Why would you smile at me? Like, I didn't smile at you, what do you want from me? And I would feel so bad. But other than that, I, I people were friendly with me, but because I was with people who spoke French and could show me around. Uh, I found people to be friendly. We were we were specifically told, you know, uh, Parisians are No one's gonna talk to you, yeah. I did not have that experience at all. That's I, good, that's great. I, I don't have uh, French. I, I know some words. So I would start out excusing myself when I had to ask somebody and I would yeah. ask French and excuse myself for not speaking French. And then they would switch to yeah. English. And, uh, they helped out. So everybody was really nice. Uh, oh, I didn't, yeah. The only experience I had was um, in a hotel because in, in college, I had to kind of uh, do a speech in multiple languages. So I had it translated and then I, I read him the part that was in French, and he looked at me and said, yeah, stick to English. Uh, so, <laughs> other than that, I thought it was, it was great. Yeah, I, I found people to be really helpful, too. I think as long as, you know, the whole uh, when in Rome thing, like, as long as you say bonjour and you are, you know, you're polite and you, you apologize for not knowing, the, you know, the, the language, they're, they're fine. Almost everyone speaks English there too. Like I, I was able to get around. I felt very comfortable. Yeah. Um, so it's it's great. So you're going back. I, I am oh, as well. Yes. To <laughs> good, good, good. Uh, do you speak any other languages? I know you're uh, you do dialects and accents, but do you speak mm -hmm. any other? So I, if you had asked me this two years ago, I'd tell you I speak French. But now since I've been back and I haven't gone for a few years and no one here really speaks French, I don't have anyone to converse with and keep me sharp. So I can still like read French and write French, but I can't really speak it anymore. Listen, uh, so two things. Uh, and again, this is, the, this is the coach in me that wants to tell everybody what to do. But uh, you want to <laughs> speak French? Uh, get on Netflix. There's, uh, they have a ton of French movies, so you, yeah, can, you can watch them. So you can just hear it and just then listen to it. Yeah. There's, there's a beautiful acting community in Canada, uh, and uh, I, I speak all the time to people from, uh, again, mostly English speaking. So I speak to Toronto. I speak to Vancouver. Mm -hmm. but there is a whole other side of wonderful actors that are working in uh, Montreal and uh, the French part of Canada. So I love friends. that. Yeah, friends. I got I to find some Canadian friends. <laughs> uh, it's all, I, I can ask offline. I'll, I'll talk to you. We can ask my oh, Canadian Oh, thank you. Friends. Yeah, shoot me an email. <laughs> That'd be great. I'll ask my Canadian actor friends. I'm sure that they can make some recommendations. So, oh my gosh, I'd love that. Thank you, yeah. You're welcome. Okay, so what, uh, what drives you? Uh, I know, again, you're you started the career and you're kind of uh, right at that moment where things hopefully start opening up, you know, for you mm -hmm. in, uh, in terms of roles. but what drives you? 
Oh, that's a big question. I don't know if anyone's ever asked me that. Um, I think people. It's this in when I when I break it down and I simplify what I do. It's all about people. Studying people, trying to understand people, trying to tell other people's stories. So people, people drive me. Without people, I have no work. That's that's true. Yeah. Um, is there a quote that um, kind of stays with you, or that you know helps you in your life? Oof. I I think Tony Collette said this. I was listening to like um, WTF with Mark Marin last week, and he had on Tony Collette, and she said this, and it's just been it's been in the back of my head. I don't know if this drives me, but she said, um, "Here you have to feel it all. Otherwise, what are we doing?" And sometimes when things feel really, really rough or even rough professionally or with acting or with characters and I feel stuck or what have you, it's, I still got to feel it all. Otherwise, what, what are we doing? <laughs> What's happening here? Yeah. Um, I agree with it. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's difficult because you have to feel it all and then you have to block it again because mm -hmm. we, you know, we have to be a little more guarded. Uh, I think, uh, uh, Lily James was talking about that as well in one of her interviews, um, where you you constantly have to put up walls and break them down, put them up, break them down. Yeah, them all yeah. the time. Yeah, it's crazy. It's 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 a part of what we do. I agree. Yeah, um, we're crazy people. What are we doing? <laughs> yeah. I'm talking to my wife. She'll tell you that same uh, same phrase. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. All, <laughs> down to the word. Yeah, you're crazy. What are you doing? <laughs> Um, I love it. When, um, so, you know, in terms of kind of being actress, uh, uh, how people define themselves and how people identify themselves. You know, when I ask um, uh, somebody, you know, how do you identify yourself? And I had quite a few people identify themselves as I'm an actor. And then I mm -hmm. had other people do not identify themselves as an actor. This is what they do, but they are. You know they are this person and they have yeah. uh, you know a lot of other interests uh, in life and i think that's a healthier route to go in general so where are you on that spectrum if you had to identify who you are who would that be yeah i'd say i'm more so i'm closer to the altar of what you just said so i love acting it's a big part of my life it's a big part of who i am fundamentally but it's not mm -hmm. the only thing and i think if it was the only thing i'd be i'd be drowning in it it wouldn't be good for me I agree. Uh, yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you're like that, especially early on in your career. It'll it'll serve you well. Yeah, hopefully. Crossing fingers. <laughs> um, is there an experience, uh, and again, a lot of us uh, creatives have a dramatic experience, something that happened in the past that, uh, that kind of really clarified, you know, what life is about and allowed us to be who we are. Is there anything like that that happened to you that you're willing to share? I'm not sure. Do you mean something that made me want to become an actor? Or do you more so mean like a life-changing event that just has defined who I am? Yeah, the latter. The latter. Um, I don't know. So many things. I mean, I've moved like 26 times. Um, I have, yeah, I have crazy family dynamics. Um, just little, I, I don't know if there's one moment, but like so many little moments would make that up for me. I got you. Uh, Twenty-six times. That's that's yeah. That's cool. Crazy, right? 
you're talking to an immigrant. So I, 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 oh, wow. I, I remember when my wife and I got married, I think that within the first four years, we moved, I think, five or seven times. Okay, so, so you know what I'm talking about. You kind of know what you're talking yeah. about, but when, when you're saying moved, did you move from one uh, you know place where you were living to another or to a different part of the uh, of the country to a different well, oh, you moved to for four and a half months away from the country well, yeah but i mean all of it i mean um i, I feel like a good a good uh 60 to 70 percent of those times were just moving in different places in california like southern california but like vermont florida just different districts of san diego up here in la i've already moved like five times up here uh, my family, they don't really feel tied down by anything. They kind of can just like pick up and go wherever, whenever. And so they kind of always wanted to go where our family was or where the best school districts were, where there was new work or, yeah, I also think they get bored really easily. So <laughs> they're like, let's try something new. Let's go to this place. Um, so, yeah. But it's good that both of them are like that. Usually there's one person in a relationship that loves change. The other one hates it. So yeah. I'm, I'm I'm glad for them it's it's a little easier, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I don't think either one of them likes having to move, like packing and moving things. Nobody likes that. But um, no, they're both on the same page about wanting to try new things. Very cool. Um, I, I want to talk to you about diversity a little bit. Um, the industry is changing. The industry is getting better from you know what I see as a you know white guy looking in and uh, kind of what I see on my project. Um, what have you found uh, in the, you know, the part that you've had your career? Do you see that uh, the industry is becoming more diverse and more accepting and you get a chance to audition for a lot of interesting roles that are really not based in, you know, what is the color of your skin? Yeah, um, I'd say more and more so. I, uh, I've been doing this since I, I was very little. So back in the day, no, not at all. Um, but yeah, now more and more so I'm seeing really good nuanced writing for young black women or I'm just seeing roles that are open ethnicity, all ethnicity, where it doesn't matter, where it's just who's right for this story, which I love. Um, so yeah, definitely. There's still some kinks that we got to work out. I think we're always going to be, you know, trying to work things out. But for the most part, it's getting better. Good. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. Again, it's... Uh... It's important for the industry to uh, to graduate to reality. Yeah, what's really going, you know, who makes up the world? All of us do, so we all need stories. <laughs> and uh, I know one of the shows that you enjoyed, and that's that's kind of uh, where I'm going with the whole reality aspect, is uh, some of the Canadian shows. Schitt's Creek is a show that you enjoy. I love as well. Uh, there's another wonderful Canadian comedy called Kim Convenience. Uh, yeah. Um, I don't know if you've watched. If not, you should absolutely. Okay. Um, so it's what they do is they present the world in a much more accepting, loving, diverse uh, way. So it's kind of this alternate reality to aspire to. Yeah. And that's hoping the industry is going to get us to that place. Yeah, I hope so too. Um, other shows like uh, even Letter Kenny, which is just this like really funny, wacky comedy. It's still inclusive and it's still like heartwarming and really just about love. And I just love it. Can can Canada's doing it right. They've got it down. Yeah. Um, I, I find that Canadian shows, again, it's not that, you know, our shows are not like that, but the Canadian yeah. shows have that really nice combination of funny and heart and humanity all 
you know, mixed with the proper uh, dynamics. So, it, yeah, agreed. I 100% agree with that. Very cool. Um, what is uh, all the the answer is usually the same from all the actors, but so I keep on asking <laughs> something different. But you know, is there a particular show or a series or a film that uh, that is out there that you're looking at and saying? I would be perfect for this. I want to be. <laughs> is, is there one that's that for you? There are many. <laughs> I think every actor is like, I could be in all these shows. Um, so many things. I mean, like just a fun one that I'd love to be on that I think I'd be great for is like Sabrina, the teenage witch on Netflix. But then I, I love Barry on HBO and how they're having actors playing actors. I think that's genius and great. Uh, Shameless. I would love to be on Shameless. I think I'd fit on Shameless. Um, so many things. On it, too many things. <laughs> I get you. I get you. Uh, few more questions for you. Mm -hmm. And I know this is you know COVID time, but in terms of you being an artist who wants to continue being sharp, uh, and you having auditions and you having other things, plus you know trying to uh, trying to stay fit, trying to you know yeah. have some semblance of reality. And then having a lot of downtime. So, how much time do you dedicate to watching TV? Oh my gosh! Um, because of Corona, I'd say more time than ever, especially right. at the start of the pandemic. I'd say from like April to July, I really was catching up on all the shows that I felt like I never had time to catch up on and doing my homework. And then I finished those shows, so I'd rewatch old shows, and then I, I dove a little too deep into reality TV. Um, so a lot. I, it's it's less now, now that I'm getting back to a more normal regulated schedule, but for a good three months, I'd say like 20 plus hours a week. No joke. I got you. Uh, so now yeah. you're, you're a little more balanced? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Thank goodness. <laughs> Last question for you, and uh, thank you so much for for jumping on. I really enjoyed. Of course, that. I've had a great time. Um, and this is an interesting question to ask somebody who, you know, is is at the beginning of of uh, her career. But when it's all said and done, how do you wish to be remembered? Oh, wow, that's a good one. That's a deep one. Um, I want to be remembered as kind and courageous. Yeah. Okay. Then that shall be the name of this episode. I like it. Uh, oh, I love that. That's great. And courageous. We will, I love uh, that. Oh, wow. Thank you. <laughs> uh, thanks again for, for jumping on. I hope things yeah. open up really quickly. I hope you get a chance to uh, really showcase your talent. And uh, I look forward to seeing you on the small and big screen. Thank you so much. I've had such a good time talking to you. You as well. Thank you, thank you. And uh, thanks to everybody for tuning in into another episode of The Love of Acting. We know you love it, so do we, and that's why we enjoy doing this so much. Thank you. <laughs>